Hey everybody, welcome to Defender of the Realm. This is a brand new podcast dedicated to role-playing games, uh, primarily based uh, in video games, but I'll also to be discussing probably some tabletop games as well. My name is Jay, and I'm your host. And like I said, uh, the intent of this podcast is really, you know, each episode to go over a different role-playing game. And again, most of them are going to be video or PC-based games. But again, I'll, I will discuss some tabletop games. And I'm just really going to go over them, uh, what's great about them, what's not so great about them. Uh, I'm going to try to remain as spoiler-free as possible because a lot of these games do have storylines. So I'll really try to keep things very, very general because if you're in the middle of playing it, you know, and, and you're like me, you don't want any spoilers at all. So I will really try to keep things spoiler-free for you and just really talk about the gameplay, the graphics, uh, special features, whatnot. Really, like I said, just a discussion of different uh, role-playing games. All right, so for the first episode, I figure I'm going to start off with probably one of the latest uh, action RPGs to come out uh, for PC, PS4, and Xbox One, and that's Kingdom Come Deliverance. And this was a game that, uh, when I heard about it a few years ago, I saw a trailer for it, I believe on Steam. Uh, I actually played the beta of it on Steam. I was really excited for this game. Uh, for those of you that don't know, this is, uh, again, it's an ARPG, an action role-playing game, and it really, one of the strong points of this game is its authenticity. Uh, it takes place in the 15th century uh, in the Kingdom of, Bo- of Bohemia, in the Holy Roman Empire, and it is very historically accurate. And, you know, I think a big part of this episode, I'm really going to be discussing just how that accuracy, that historical accuracy comes through in the game. Um, Right off the bat, you know, the locations that they use are real live locations uh, in what is now known as the, you know, Czech Republic. And uh, in fact, there are, uh, during the game, there are some castles that you have to raid. And I know that one or two of them are based on actual castles that still exist in the Czech Republic. Um, and from what people have said, because I actually, I actually haven't gotten uh, this far into the game yet. I've locked about 40, 45 hours of game time so far. Uh, I haven't gotten this far into the game, but there's um, there's a mission where you do have to invade a castle, and it is based on a castle that still exists. And people that have played it have said and have looked the castle up online have said, yeah, it is pretty realistic. Um, Warhorse. These are the developers. Uh, they really strive for authenticity. They consulted with historians. They consulted with weapons experts. Uh, they consulted with uh, architects and actually historical architects because even, let me tell you, even down to simple hovels and shacks, they wanted it authentic. And, you know, I am not an expert on medieval history. You know, I do enjoy it. I'm a history buff. Um, you know, the medieval times in Europe is definitely something that is very interesting. Uh, I also participate in what's known as HEMA, Historical European Martial Arts, which is basically learning to use the weapons that the characters use in this game. So, you know, I'd like to say I have a pretty decent knowledge of this stuff. And from what I've seen, you know, it's very, it's very, very accurate. And I think that's a word you're going to hear me saying a lot during this episode is accuracy. So, Basically, like I said, the uh, the story takes place um, in Bohemia in uh, the early 1400s. Uh, I believe it's about 1403. 
Um, really, what it talks about, it talks about uh, the new um, king of Bohemia, who is also the head of the Holy Roman Empire, King Wenceslas. And I'm probably mispronouncing that. Um, really, you know, very briefly, and you get this in the intro, so I'm not really spoiling anything for anybody here. Uh, you know, we discover that he is the son of Charles V, who was a glorified king. Uh, he was loved by his subjects. You know, from what we understand, under him, the kingdom of Bohemia and the Holy Roman Empire itself flourished. Um, in fact, the character you play, his name is Henry. Uh, his father, who was a, a blacksmith in Prague, uh, during the reign of Charles V, will we'll tell you know will tell your character that you know King Charles V accomplished so much. He started a university, um, businesses prospered and flourished, and he did it all without any wars at all. I mean, it was pretty much his reign was a very very peaceful reign, and we learn that his son, King Wenceslas. Wenceslas, <laughs> I cannot pronounce it. King Wenceslas, I'm just going to say it like that. I'm, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it. Um, he really has no interest in leading. Uh, he likes to pursue more fun activities. Um, and his half-brother, King Sigismund, who is the king of Hungary, uh, kind of sees this as his opportunity to try to take over. Um, you know, he sort of uses the fact that King Wenceslas is really, he's really just kind of a uh, a lame duck king, I guess we could put it like that. Um, so he tries to use the fact that, well, we need to really inspire this king and get him moving. He kind of uses that sort of plot line to really uh, just start to invade Wenceslas's territories, which include Bohemia, the kingdom of Bohemia, where your character Henry lives. Now, here's one other thing. Uh, I love RPG games, and like I said in upcoming episodes. I'm going to be talking about a lot of them. One of the things that I really, really love about a good RPG is the ability to customize your character. Customization is very, very important to me. Uh, I like playing, I like to be able to play as either male or female, different types of races, varying my height, my weight, my appearance. You don't get that in this game. Like I said, uh, your character is Henry. He's the son of a blacksmith. And what you see is what you get. You know, you cannot customize the look of Henry. You can't give him a beard, a mustache, change his hairstyle, change his hair color. What you see is what you get. And at first I was a little thrown off by this. But let me tell you something. When you get wrapped up and involved in Henry's story, uh, it's such an amazing story that you don't even... You know, if, you like, if you're like me and you like to customize your character, um, you won't really care that you can't do that. Now... While you can't, while you cannot customize his his physical appearance, like I said, you can't change his hair color, hairstyle, etc. Um, you have sixteen. That's right, sixteen slots for clothing and armor. So let me give you an example, and this is where the the accuracy comes in. So let's say uh, you know as you progress, you decide that you're gonna kind of play as a knight. So in the chest area, you actually have four slots. So you know if if you were a knight, uh, you're gonna have to wear what's called a gambeson, and a gambeson is basically it's a padded jacket. Uh, that would kind of be the first layer that you put on. Uh, on top of that, you're either going to put your mail or your plate armor. And then, uh, most likely on top of that, you're going to put uh, a surcoat or a tabard. Um, this this is what the knights did back then. This this is what the soldiers did back then. You know, uh, you look at some other RPG games, you know, you get armor 
oh, you get plate armor, you get mail armor, you get leather armor, you just throw it on, it kind of becomes your clothes. Um, you know, here in this game, you, you need these four layers because each layer will respond differently to, um, excuse me, to different weapon types. Uh, plate armor, really, really tough to pierce with a sword. Um, but if you hit it with a mace or a warhammer, you know, it could dent, it could buckle, which is why you want your gambeson underneath it. Your gambeson provides padding. Uh, like I said, I participate in what's known as HEMA, Historical European Martial Arts, and this is something that they talk about. Um, you know, when these guys used to fight with swords, sword and shield, clubs, maces, uh, if they had mail or plate armor, they did need a gambeson underneath because... Think about it this way. If you put on um, plate armor, which is basically a suit of armor you know that, that you see, and let's just say you put on the chest piece. Okay, like I said, if somebody comes at you with a dagger or a sword, it's going to be very difficult for them to pierce you with it. But if they hit you with a, a mace or a hammer or you know, pretty much a blunt object, and you don't have padding underneath it, uh, you're going to get rung like a bell. Uh, you are going to feel it. Your, like I said, your armor is going to buckle. Uh, you're going to feel the force of the full force of the blow. Um, but if you have that gambeson underneath, that padding underneath, you know, there's your layer of protection. And that's the thing is a gambeson. If I wear a gambeson by, gambeson by itself, sure, if somebody hits me with a mace or a club, I have a layer of padding there. Uh, it's going to offer me some pretty decent protection. But, you know, if somebody comes at me with a dagger or a sword they could probably make Swiss cheese out of me if I don't know what I'm doing because padding is only going to offer so much protection. So I think that is a great feature of it is that you could really, really customize sort of the look of your character, the clothing of your character. And this really comes into play when you look at, you know, the appearance of Henry. Um, based on the type of clothing or armor that you wear, that'll influence your charisma. It'll influence people's perception of you. Um, if you're just wearing, you know, simple, you know, a waistcoat, uh, simple trousers and boots, uh, and all of these things, you know, clothing, equipment, weapons, armor, they all degrade with use and time. Um, if you're looking pretty ratty, uh, people of a higher stature aren't really going to take you serious. Um, conversely, if you're looking pretty ratty, pretty dirty, and you're trying to intimidate people, It'll probably work. Um, you know, the, the speech function in this game, it's actually quite complex. Uh, it mixes a lot of different things from a lot of different, like, RPGs. Uh, first of all, you know, it has the classic conversation tree. Uh, and if you play uh, an RPG that has uh, conversations in it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, an NPC or somebody in a quest will ask you a question, and you'll get three or four responses. And really, you know, how you respond, how Henry answers these questions or the actions that he does, you know, based on certain situations, it develops his reputation. He can have a sterling reputation. He can have a very poor reputation. Um, this is also enhanced when you go to purchase goods and services. So one of the things that Kingdom Come Deliverance has is it has a haggle feature. So I'm going to go in, I'm going to buy some goods, uh, you know, there's a price, and, uh, you know, I select my items, and there's a price, and I have the ability to haggle. And, you know, it, it, it's a little complex at first. You know, the, the one thing about this game is, is it gives you very, very loose and basic tutorials and instructions. Um, two things that you could do. 
just play with it, learn it, learn as you go, or just look for some videos online on YouTube. YouTube is a great resource for a lot of these skills, you know, speech, lockpicking, pickpocketing, fighting. Or like I said, you could try to kind of learn it on the fly, which if you're a very patient person, you know, it's worth it to do. If you are not a patient person, you know, uh, read up on it, look up, you know, look some things up online to, to kind of help you out there. But, um, so like I was saying with the speech is, yeah, there's lots of different possibilities. And here's the thing. The more you speech, the more you speak, sorry, your speech skills can increase. And that's the thing is, um, you know, as your skills increase, uh, underneath your skills, there's almost sort of like a subset of skills that you could purchase that when you get perks. So, you know, if you're speaking a lot, if you're speaking to with a lot of different townsfolks and people like that, uh, your speech skill will improve, you'll earn perks. And when you look at, you know, when you look up at the perks that you could buy, you know, it really kind of, you could really kind of shape what type of person you want to be. You could really kind of push it to be a very well-spoken and articulate and influential person, uh, which means that, you know, your character, you know, and I've heard this, uh, I really like to know how people do this because, because I'm not able to do it. Um, you could literally go through this entire game without lifting a weapon and harming anybody. You could almost literally talk your way out of any situation depending on how you how your speech skill improves and the type of perks that you purchase. Um, along with that, like I said, there's lots of other skills that, that you learn and they are pretty accurate. There's lock picking in this game and it's pretty accurate because, you know, if, if you look at lock picking and especially with old locks from the medieval times, you know, you had a lock pick and you had a blade. You put the lock pick in, you kind of fished it around till you kind of felt uh, a catch or a release in the lock and then you used your blade to sort of turn the lock and help open it um if you look at and i can't remember if it's elder scrolls oblivion or elder scrolls skyrim um they kind of had something similar where you know you you put your lock pick in you kind of jimmied it around you found that sweet spot and then you tried to rotate it um I think that was Skyrim, and I think Oblivion was more of the one where you were trying to disengage each individual tumbler. Uh, this kind of combines the two, because what happens is with lockpicking, you put your lockpick in, and you have to move it around, and you have to find that sweet spot. And, you know, when you play the game, you'll see how they do that on the screen. So I find that sweet spot, I could start to use my blade to unlock the, the lock. I could turn the, the locking mechanism, but here's the thing. That sweet spot is going to change now. So, you know... I play on the Xbox One. So, you know, you use the analog sticks. The right stick controls the lock pick. The left stick controls the blade. So I have to find that sweet spot with my right thumb, start to pivot it with my left thumb, and then keep moving my right thumb sort of in sync with with what my left thumb is doing. So basically, I'm finding that sweet spot. I'm turning the mechanism, and I'm moving my lock pick along with it. It's not going to stay stationary. Um... It is a very, very tough skill to to master. And of course, you know, if you're successful picking locks, your skill improves. There are perks that you could use. There are people that could teach you. There are books that you could read to help improve your skill, which leads me into the next thing, which is reading. Henry does not know how to read. Um, You actually can learn how to read. I haven't done this quest yet, so I'm not quite sure how it goes. But the thing is, is if... uh, 
if you improve your reading skill, you'll be able to use certain books to learn things, to learn how to make uh, healing salves and potions and poisons, how to brew your own alcohol, um, and really just kind of read books to help improve your skills. So, like I said, this is a very, very detailed game. Equipment, uh, your clothing, your armor, uh, your weapons, uh, they degrade with usage. They degrade over time. Uh, you know, this is a very realistic game. You have to eat. You have to sleep. Um, you'll be walking along. Henry will say, I feel hungry. There'll be a little icon that appears. Um, you know, you're not going to starve to death. <laughs> uh, if you don't eat, you'll, you're, what will happen, though, is you'll get fatigued. Uh, you'll get sluggish. Um, you know, it's not a good thing to do. You definitely want to eat during the game. But the thing is, is if you find food and you kind of, oh, let me just stick this in my inventory. Well, you know, a loaf of bread that you found today, well, tomorrow it's not going to be as fresh and the next day and the next day. And if you start to eat rotten food, chances are you're going to get sick. Authenticity, people. This game offers a lot of authenticity. Um, it has a nice open world to it. And like I said, you know, when you see the countryside, uh, and if you look online, um, you know, you can actually watch videos where they kind of go side by side because these were real areas in Czechoslovakia or the Czech Republic, I should say, as it's known now. Uh, these were real areas that they scanned and they used in the game. Um, it's just so detailed. The graphics are so amazing. Combat. Let's talk about combat because... It's tough to master, but once you get the hang of it and once you start to improve your skills, it is a lot of fun. At first glance, it reminded me a little bit of the combat skills or the fighting, sort of fighting style of the game for Honor, which unfortunately was not a great game. Um, but, you know, you, you get a basic introduction uh, early on in the game. Uh, if you do a certain side quest, and again, no spoilers here, you got to find it on your own, uh, you begin to kind of learn some of the basics. Now, here's the thing. You're the son of a blacksmith. Your fighting ability when you start out is zero. Uh, some initial conflicts you're going to get into, you're going to get your butt handed to you. Don't get frustrated like I did first time out. I thought, oh my god, this game's impossible, never mind. Completely forgetting my character, again... He's the son of a blacksmith. He's a blacksmith's apprentice. He never picked up a sword in his life. And, you know, he probably really never got into a fight in his entire life until the events of this game. So, yeah, people are going to be able to beat you up or, or, or beat you in duels. You know, it's going to happen. Stick with it. Authenticity. So, when, uh, you know, I started learning how to use uh, a sword, a short sword... And, uh, you know, I started using it effectively uh, in the game. I started to earn some perks. And as I went to the perk tree, I went to the combat tree and I looked underneath it. Um, the sort of the subset of the combat, they had everything from unarmed combat, uh, axe, mace, sword and shield, short sword, long sword, what have you. So I'm going to focus on long sword for a minute, even though I haven't earned any, uh, any perks there. I saw the perks that are available for it and they use terms that, uh, like I said, I do HEMA, Historical European Martial Arts, where primarily what we're learning there is the longsword. 
Uh, we learn it in the German style. Uh, the German masters, you know, wrote these things down years ago, and that's really what we study. So they talk about different positions, different types of master cuts, sub cuts, things like that. Uh, I'm looking at these terms. Um, I'm looking at terms like Zweigard, Ox, the Ox position. I'm like, these, these are authentic terms that, you know, the German masters, which if you think about it, that's Central and Eastern Europe, you know, around this time period, the time period that this game exists, this is what they were teaching people. You know, these very techniques and these very cuts. Authenticity. It, you know, it's, it's, you know, this is how sword fighting was. Um... You, you know, it's just, it was amazing to see that. It just really, you know, I'm playing this game and I, I'm amazed at the detail of it. And then when I start to look at the sword fighting perks and seeing that the terms that they're using for the different types of cuts and positions are authentic, they're historically accurate. I mean, it really just adds to it. Um, yeah, in the beginning, you're going to lose a lot of fights. You're going to lose a lot of brawls. You're going to lose some duels it's okay. It happens. Um, you know, looking at other people doing playthroughs and, and reading some reviews, this is something that happens to everybody. It's not really based on, it's not because you're a poor game player. It's just because your character, like I said, has, you know, he forged swords. He never picked one up in his life until the start of this game. Um, but once you kind of get the hang of the combat system, it is a lot of fun. Uh, it is definitely, if you are a button masher, you know, if you play some uh, action RPGs where you can just kind of tap certain buttons and, 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 you know, pull the triggers or use the bumper pads and just kind of the faster you do it, the faster your guy slices and dices, you're not going to find that here. This is historically accurate. Like I said, you have a stamina bar. If you start to stab and slash, especially in the beginning... Uh, you're going to find after two or three moves, you're sucking wind. Uh, the screen kind of turns blue. It turns hazy because you're tired. You have to manage your stamina. Uh, even blocking takes stamina out of you. Um, you learn early on how to block properly, how to actually evade, how to counter. Really, really study these lessons. Um, you'll have the chance to go back uh, to the fighting grounds. There's a fighting grounds outside the kingdom where you are. Uh, and learn new techniques and practice, I highly, highly recommend it, you know, especially if you want to play through um, really and kind of build yourself up more as like a knight or a warrior, you know, you definitely want to practice and learn as much as you can. But um, like I said, it's difficult in the beginning, but as you as your skill improves, as you add perks, and as you practice, you'll get better, and like I said, it gets to be a lot of fun. Um I mean, I, I really think I'm going to kind of wrap it up here. I mean, like I said, this is an excellent RPG game. It combines a lot of the elements. You could level up your character. Um, you could really kind of, you know, unlike some RPGs where you kind of choose your class up. Ahead, oh, I'm going to be a thief. Oh, I'm going to be your gameplay and the choices that you make and how you uh, sort of invest you know, the points you earn into perks and purchase perks, you, you really kind of can craft your own person, craft your own type of player. You could be a very sneaky person. You could be a very well-spoken person. You could be a warrior. You know, even though th there aren't any classes like that, you know, it's not like you learn some things and it's like Henry is now a knight. Henry is now a warrior. Henry is now a bard. No, 
but you'll know it on your own, you know, based on the way Henry plays. And, and like I said, the way you develop his skills and his perks, um, you, you'll kind of see that you are really, really doing that. Um, but like I said, this is a very authentic game. You know, your skills will improve, but it's not like as your skills improve, you're going to add more hit points or more stamina. Uh, you'll learn how to, ma- you know, perks will help you manage your stamina better. Or maybe, you know, you might become a little more resistant to injury. But, you know, by the end of this game, you are not going to be like a 99th level knight that cannot be harmed and can cut down people with a single stroke of his sword. That's just not going to happen. Um, you will get better. But, you know, really what this game is saying is, look, is you're human. You're, you're just like anybody else out there. If you work hard to improve yourself, you can improve yourself. But, you know an average ordinary everyday person is not going to become superman um they're going to better themselves but humans only can go so far and and i think that's what's really great about this game uh so definitely check it out like i said this is the first game from warhorse studios uh and i really hope we see more from them i actually hope we see some dlc from them um there has been talk that there is going to be dlc for this game and it is going to be free yes I love free DLC. Um, So just really keep an eye out for that. Uh, I really think this game is well worth it. If you you like games like Oblivion and Skyrim, um, and you also are a fan of Medieval Times, um, you know, the era, not the restaurant chain, sorry. Um, But if you're really a fan of that, and you do kind of like some realism and accuracy in your games, you will definitely, definitely love this game. Alrighty, so... Thank you for joining me here on Defender of the Realm. Again, my name is Jay. Uh, I'm going to try to give you a new episode every week if I can. And I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, Anchor here has a call-in feature, so call in. Let me know what you think. Uh, Let me know what games you want me to talk about. Like I said, I'm primarily going to be doing video games, but uh, I could also get into uh, some other things like some tabletop games and whatnot. And, you know, that's really kind of up to what you know you guys tell me so definitely uh use those features uh hopefully this will be up on itunes and google play and things like that and you can check me out there uh i do have an instagram page uh for this podcast it's defender of the realm 97 so look for me there on instagram leave me comments there let me know how i did let me know what you want to hear this is jay signing off